for staying with the Greedy Canine Show. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Black Friday is the busiest day of the year for restaurants, stores, Amazon plumbers. All of the above. <laughs> what do you say? Oh, I like that answer. Okay. <laughs> Hey, look at you. All right. All, all for. But the plumbers, thanks to all the food we gobble up, Roto-Rooter reports that the kitchen drains, garbage disposals, and yes, toilets require more attention the day after Thanksgiving than any day of the year. He had uncle come over and blow up your toilet. Now you need to call the plumber oh, on Black Friday. That's something. That's hilarious. Yeah, I think that's cool. But that is too. There you go. There you go. Okay. So I was right though. All of the above. Yeah. There you go. Okay, who's up? Next up, we have Julia, who wants some tips on introducing two kittens to her older cat. Two kittens. Hi. Who do you say? Julia. Julia, okay. Hey, Julia, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good. How old are the kittens? Five months. Okay, and wh- how old's the other one? About eight and a half. Months? Uh, no, years. Oh, okay, years, okay. And then uh, the older one is a him, her? It's a her. Okay, and the two kittens? Uh, they're siblings, boy and a girl. Okay. One of each, huh? Okay. Yeah. So now... And I just lost... The, the eight, eight and a half year old just lost her brother. I'd adopted them. Okay. Um, about a month ago. So I have the two new kittens now. Okay. And so now the thing is, is that... Um, <laughs> and, and did your older kitty say, please, please go out and get some kittens? Yeah. For okay. me to be friends well, with? I thought, yeah, I thought she would uh, be okay on her own, but then she was just going around crying. I've got a Aww. 13-year-old dog as well. Okay. Okay, so now you got them home now? Yes. And what are you doing? Where are they at? Where's everybody at? They're in, an, uh, they're in my office with the door closed. Okay. Um, I have them for a week. And then just yesterday, I put up a, like a screen door. Good. Um, so they, they made eye contact for the first time yesterday, and she definitely had some hissing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you bet. Her territory has been evaded. All right. And so that's it. The screen door is perfect. And then what you want to do is like take the kittens out of that room and then put her in that room so she can okay. smell. You know, they can w- walk around and smell, and the kittens can get used to the house. Okay. Okay. You know, whether you, how you want to do it for 15 minutes, a half hour, an hour, whatever, and then switch them back. All right. And then that screen door is uh, imperative. Uh, put the bowls by the door so they, when they eat, you know, they don't have to be like right smack dab in front of each other's face, but maybe one bowl, you know, bowl on one side isn't to the right and the other side, you know what I mean? So they're, they're okay. adjacent from each other, not right face to face because it then pleasing things are happening. And okay. now you got to remember, kittens are a nuisance, just like puppies with older dogs. The kittens want to, you know, play with the tail, play with the ears. And, you know, an older cat is like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And so you've got to be the referee is what you've got to do. And so let's say you're sitting on the couch and everybody's got a cat. you got the existing cat, every, somebody else got the kittens. Okay, and then if you, now is your cat like to be petted? Uh, she, she'll find me when she wants to be petted, but for the most part, she's pretty independent. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, because, um, now when she was with her brother or the other cat, was she the dominant or, you know, was she the, uh, and the other one, the follower or what? I do think she was the more dominant. He was the lover, uh, more gentle and she was a bit more dominant. Okay. Okay. So then she's, that's why she's going to be with this too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? She's going to pound the kittens. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you've got to, uh, you, what you can do is put them, I'm like, put the kittens in like a, a, a carry kennel, a dog kennel. Okay. Mm-hmm. And put it in the middle of the floor and let her go up and sniff. And yeah, you bet she's going to hiss. Okay. That's just what they do. 
Okay? And then what you're going to do is you're just going to go up to her very calmly, hey, hey, and just pat her. Who is this? Who is this? And when she accepts you being her, you petting her while she is, you know, like by the kennel, that's good. That's good. Okay? okay. Because you don't want to yell at her for hissing because then she's going to, you know, not like you. Cats, cats have a very good memory. <laughs> and yeah. so the whole thing, you want it to be pleasing. You know, like if she's hissing, then you say her name. Oh, you know, you know, Sally. Oh, such a Sally. Would you be nice? And just start petting Sally. Oh, such a nice Sally. Oh, you're very nice. Okay. And so the thing is, is that then take, you know, then now she can sniff and do whatever and the cat, kittens can, and they'll probably hiss back at her a couple times. <laughs> and mm-hmm. anyway, because uh, they're on sure too and they're scared so they're going to hiss and try to scare her but try to do that a couple times a day put the kittens in a kennel so they can smell see each other and what you really like is like when she's sleeping sitting next to the kennel or sitting on top of the kennel that's a good thing okay but then uh, the next thing is oh is that when the kittens get out you know what i mean they're then you know are chasing each other and, and then they want to take after her tail or her ears that's a whole different ball game okay so you've mm-hmm. got to be the good referee and you've got to refrain from not yelling at her if she's not nice to the kittens. You go, yep. hey, 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 you be nice, be nice, come on. Oh, look at you, look at you. You know, try to pet her. If not, if she takes off, that's fine. Then pick the kittens up and put the kittens back in their room. But just do baby steps. And so, because it's going to be, you know, cats are independent. They don't like living, they live in colonies, but they don't live in packs. And so some are more social, you know, like the social, you know, a butterfly, like to see other cats. And more of them are more aloof. They want to look on from afar. Okay. And so that's why you've got to be, even though you you chose to get kittens, she's like, okay, yeah, I was missing my other, but, you know, it takes a while for them, you know, just a death of anything, whether it's a two-legged or four-legged, you know, to readjust the void. And so that's why, like I say, just take your time, don't push it. And then that screen is perfect because then they get to see each other, but then switch the rooms. So she can go in and smell them. They can come out and get used to the house and just don't make it go too fast. And people... It's, it can take six months. It could take seven months. We don't okay. know. It's, but if you rush it, you'll probably get, it's not going to be good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was wondering how long before you think I should allow them to interact without the screen. Yeah, no, when you just see everything, this, uh, I mean, we're talking at least a month, if not more, before you try, you know, them actually, but you're going to be doing the screen. You're going to be doing the changing of the rooms. You're going to be doing the kennel. You know what I mean? You're going to put them in situations so they just start getting used to each other. But so at least they're used to each other, smelling each other and such like that. But then the interaction is a whole different ball game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like I say, but you just, you, there is no time limit because some cats, you know, warm up real fast. Like, oh, cool. Uh, the other ones are like, get it the heck out of here. And now, <laughs> yeah. okay. So you just got to be patient. And, and, and patience will serve you well, but she may never, you know, be, they may not be big friends with your existing cat, but they'd be good friends with each other. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I don't need them to be friends. I just need them not to fight. Yep. Yep. There you go. But you just got to remember, just don't yell at the cat. Hey, 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 you be nice. You be nice. Come on. But just baby step it. Okay. And just pay attention. Watch the dynamics. And you'll know, you know, I mean, maybe this today, or, you know, maybe in a month now they could be in the same room, you know, for an hour and everything's fine. But then you can see tails are starting to flop, you know, flap, you know what I mean? Getting a little mm-hmm. uptight. Okay. That would, that's enough time now. <laughs> and so you just pay attention. All right. Okay. All okay. Right. You bet. Good luck. Take care. Have a happy Bye. Thanksgiving. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. And folks, no, whoa. Folks, know where your turkey is at all times, whether you've got a dog, a cat, or whatever, okay? 
Okay. In the back, in the in the early 1600s, the pilgrims didn't have didn't have which of the following utensils to eat their Thanksgiving meal with: a spoon, a fork, a knife. Which one didn't they did not have? Hey, hey! Thanks for tuning into the Katie Canine Show. Remember, you can podcast, catch me on podcast at mytalk1071.com. Okay, back in the early 1600s. The pilgrims did not have which of the following utensils to eat their Thanksgiving meal. Spoon, forks, knives. What do you say? Forks. What do you say? I agree. Forks. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. It's forks. How many pilgrims are on the Mayflower? 92, 102, or 122? 122. 92 by the time they arrived? Yeah. um, (laughs) How many pilgrims are on the Mayflower? 102. Okay. Now, this is what... It is believed that how many pilgrim women survived to celebrate the first Thanksgiving out of the, that 102? Was it 5, 15, or 25? Oh, let's hope at least 15. Uh, 25. <laughs> women are tough. Only five. What? Five oh. women out of that 102. That's what is believed. Well, there weren't 102 women. Well, no, I know that. But I mean, out of that, we don't know how many women were there, but still. That's really low. <laughs> really low. It's not a great number. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they only started with six. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who's up to bat? Next up, we have Dar, who got a tick on her puppy and wants to hear Jess's thoughts. Okay. Hey, Dar, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Good, good. So, here's the story. Okay. Um, my my eight-month-old Cavapoo, um, ha- I pulled a dead deer tick off him three weeks ago. And he, I never did do the Lyme vaccine for him, but I did do the neck scarred. So the tick was dead when it was pulled off. Um, and um, I want to get him neutered soon, but now I'm worried that he might develop Lyme's disease. And what are your thoughts about that? Um. Oh, there's so many things to be worried about. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, there, there is some place that you can Google where you can send in the tick to see if it was carrying Lyme disease, if you still have it. Oh, I saved it, but um, I, think, I think it fell on the floor, and I think, um, I think he ate it. <laughs> it was in uh, scotch tape, so I think it flew off the counter, and yeah, so I don't have the tick. Okay. But it, I know it was a deer tick for sure. Okay, probably a, a minimum a minimal number of deer ticks are actually carrying diseases that would affect our dogs. But um, but if your dog is going to be neutered, they'll do blood tests before putting him under anesthesia. Um, since it's been a few weeks, you can ask them to test him for Lyme disease in, as well. So you know, so you can just get that yeah. done before they ever yeah. go under anesthesia to see if there's any issues. So I believe I have to wait like about six weeks to have that titer done. Uh, who knows? There's no firm rules about these things. You know, oh, when does Lyme that. disease show up after a tick bite? You know, could be 10 years for all we know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so I never thought, I didn't do the limes. I never thought he would, he's not really in a, he's a, you know, he's a condo dog. And he's mm-hmm. downtown, he lives in a downtown area and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't, I didn't do the limes, um vaccine for him now. I know that's one of the vaccines that 
Yeah, but the, the lines, well, Dr. Jess, it's only 60% pool pro. It's still a 40% oh, I, I think it's a lousy vaccine. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. use it. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't use it. Okay. You're, you're better yeah. off building a strong immune system and protecting your dog from diseases that way. So, okay. you know, you so, feed raw food, you give them healthy supplements, um, uh, you know, take them to to training and, you know, have some discipline so that the dog stays mentally healthy as well. Teach them tricks, that kind of thing. He's seen Katie for a little. Oh, there you go. Class, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, what, yeah, which uh, dog? That's Louie the Cavapoo. Oh, okay. Hi, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the, you know, so that... So I will go ahead with the neuter then um, soon. Yeah. He's displaying a lot of, a little more um, aggression with pillows and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, but but that that kind of thing, you know what, female dogs do that too. Neutered male dogs do that too. So that's the kind of thing I would not get excited about. It might not be something that appeals to us because we're humans, but you know what? They're not. Yeah. Yeah, but without yeah. what a dog, whether it's a female or a male, and they start doing that, you just got to give them that cold shower as far as a blast with the water. Hey, leave it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I have been. A, I've been kind of, uh, um, you know, diverting them. So, and that has helped. It really has. Yeah. Um, and I had one other quick question, if sure. you don't mind. Sure. It, this is just about you were talking about um, the. I do feed him the Nutrisource. Mm-hmm. He is very very picky, and I've been trying to to switch it out uh but he just gets so tired of it and then i do top it with other i've tried topping it with dog foods and now lately i've been topping it with like i'll take some canned chicken and rinse it really well and he likes that is that okay to do wait so so this is the dry food that he's not liking as much so you're having to put stuff on it yeah okay so you need to how often are you changing the dry food like changing the flavor changing the brand well i'll usually you know um i it's the nutrisource but i do the different ones um so i might do half a bag and then i'll switch to and then go to a half a bag so kind of back and forth so how how long does it take you to go through half a bag oh i don't know probably a couple weeks yeah are you keeping it in the freezer no yeah oh you need to keep it in the freezer if you're going to do that so if you're going to have a bag of dry dog food that's going to be open for longer than two weeks, it needs to be frozen. And then oh, also, and you, yeah. need, you need to change it much more often yes. than that. And okay. if you're putting out food and your dog looks at it and says, ah, yeah, maybe if you put something on it, I'll eat it. You need to feed him less. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed that he'll only maybe do once a day instead of twice. Yeah, if then. he's not hungry, feed him less. Yep. Okay. And do you remember the, the pet food handout? Okay. Yeah. Reread yeah, that because yeah. it's in mm-hmm. that. And then also, okay. if, you remember, are you rehydrating the dry food or are you just feeding it dry? I, I do both. Okay. I, yeah. You want to rehydrate yeah. it? But most little dogs, I find, if you feed the same thing for, they'll eat it, like when you first open a bag for three days, and then the fourth day it's a little iffy, and then after that it's like got something else, and then people start doctoring it up. Little dogs, for some reason, because they're usually not hungry, because they're, they're, they're overfed, and so then they get stuck with the label of, of uh, being picky, all right? Okay. But see, what happens is, is either the food got old, 
And so no, dogs eat according to smellability, not patability. If it smells okay. cool, they're all about it, all right? Otherwise, if it's starting to get rancid and stale, it doesn't smell right. So then there's like, hey, give me something else. So then you put something on it that makes it smell, and then guess what? Now they're eating it, all right? Yeah. Because you made it yeah. smell good. So that's why mm-hmm. just be careful that you don't get them fat. You know, feed less. Use smaller bowls. Maybe okay. feed them once a day instead of twice a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. even... even Go ahead. And then the other thing was that you talked about, I mean, I, he does, I do give him treats of that freeze-dried, and he loves that. You talked about that big 45-pound bag of giving that to your small dog. Well, wouldn't he get tired of that if I got a big bag like that? Of what? Of the dr- freeze-dried. Oh, yeah, but you're not going to get a big bag. I mean, they only use, he comes in one size, you know, a smaller bag. Oh, yeah. But see, the freeze-dried, you know, if you seal it right, it's not going to be fine. It doesn't get stale. If you, if oh. yeah, if you if you seal it correctly, okay. Well, didn't you say something about a forty-five pound bag? No, uh, no, forty-five dollars. Might cost forty-five dollars. Forty-five dollars. I'm saying oh. forty-five dollars for the bag, but it's going to last you forever. You know what I mean? For a long time with a small dog. Okay. 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 And so should that that be switched up too then? Oh. Yeah, just buy different freeze dries. You know, Nutrisource has got four different kinds of freeze dried. And then when you go to raw, you know, get different freeze dries, whether it's beef, turkey, chicken, um, uh, uh, quail, whatever type thing, okay? And so the the more variety and the faster you can rotate, the healthier the dog's going to be. And like I said, just keep it in the freezer thaw out, which you're going to need for two days or, you know, three days. And then, um, and I always have the freeze dry because a lot of times I forgot to to thaw it out and, you know, I'm in a hurry. So then I've got the freeze dried and I always wet that down, you know, put it in, I mush it up or not mush it up, I break it up, the freeze dried, and then add some hot water, let it rehydrate a little bit. And then I feed it. Okay. 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 Great. Okay, so okay. the rotate, rotate, rotate. Okay, and then my the other one was about the canned tuna that I rinse. It 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 does have some sodium in it. It's like ten percent of the daily, you know, with the without being rinsed. Mm-hmm. Is that okay to put on top of his dog food? If he, I mean, he does uh, like it. What once a week or less? Just just just, just like with humans, you're not supposed to eat that much tuna either. Yep. Okay. All and right. and the okay. and the sodium level does not matter. You know, it's oh, there, there's oh. a difference. Like everybody needs salt in their food, right? It's yeah. a necessary nutrient. There's a difference between salt in your food and the kinds of people who sit down to a meal and salt their food before they've tasted it. <laughs> that's yeah. probably too much salt. And every now and then yeah. one of us has eaten something and said, whoa, that's way too salty. And what do you do? You drink a bunch of water and you yeah. don't salt your food that much again. But eating like a normal amount of salt in the food is not harmful to a dog. Okay, well, that's good to know, too. Okay, okay. great. Wow. Okay. Got a lot of information. There Thanks. you go. And reread my pet food handout, okay? I will. I, okay. I'll pull it out, yeah. Okay, kiddo. Good luck. Okay. Say hi to Louie. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, you just rotate, rotate, you know, more, especially little dogs. They just, uh, it's amazing me when some little dog, but some, just like big dogs, there's some dog, little dogs that are just glutton and they just will eat everything, you know, and then there's some dogs that's like, yeah, yeah not so much. But I, but I think too, like even when, even when the dog gets to their, like the top of their desired weight range right there, they have enough privilege to be able to look at their food and say, well, I'm not super hungry. Why don't you put something on it? Yeah. But but the thing is, too, like, you know, people keep putting down the same amount of food day in and day out, even when the dog is fat. You know, and that's like, you know, if your spouse was fat, and you just kept feeding them great giant plates <laughs> of food. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not a good thing. Always cut back, cut back. Okay, let's see. 
Why is the male turkey often referred to as Tom Turkey? We'll be back. It's the holiday season, and we're going to remind you it's the holiday season, a holiday season high of 10 times. But this holiday season, you can escape the holiday season by joining the YMCA. Inside the Y, it's not holiday season. It's you season. So you can sweat out the holiday season anxiety that the holiday season brings. Right now, the Y is just a dollar enrollment with no dues throughout the holiday season. Learn more at YMCANorth.org and have a fabulous holiday season. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to the Katie Canine Show. We have Dr. Jessica, holistic vet here. Dr. Jess, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. Dot com. Okay, why is the... I took my glasses up. Mm. <laughs> it's truly a mystery question. Okay. Why is the male turkey often referred to as Tom Turkey? Um... Because calling him Betty doesn't sound right. Exactly. His name is not Janet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, you do, okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. They na- Tom Turkey is after Thomas Jefferson, the president. Oh. Ben Franklin was mad at Tom Jefferson because he opposed to having the turkey as our national bird. Ben called him Tom Turkey. And so that's why we call turkeys Tom for after Thomas Je- Jefferson. It's hilarious. Good to know. Good to know. Isn't that something? I, I I know like the fact that our you know bird was almost the turkey. Yeah, and that would have been so disappointing in comparison. Yeah, eagles are so cool. Oh, I know it. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That's our live cam today. Eagle cam. The, oh, the Corey Eagles. Up and going. It's up and going. Um, I was just going to ask you something here. What What did they not like about eagles? Because eagles are scavengers, or what? They're not scavengers, are they? No. Well, they, they eat roadkill. Well, yeah, everything does. Yeah. <laughs> not, not turkeys. <laughs> I, n- turkeys are scary. They probably eat roadkill. Green Giant broke a Guinness World Records in 2019 for the largest green bean casserole. How much did it weigh? 779 pounds, 831, 942, or 1,009? Those are green crazy numbers. For 2019, largest green bean casserole. What do you think? 900 pounds. What do you think? Oh, 1,009. That's only half a ton. Yep. 1,009 pounds. The biggest. I for. Green bean casserole is kind of heavy. I do not. It's not, like, a, not a light. That's true. <laughs> I do not like green bean casserole. I don't like big portions of it, but no. I'll always have a small portion if it's on the table. It just tastes like mushroom soup. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it, too. Okay, let's hit the phone lines. Well, we have Megan, who's been trying to rotate her dog's food, but he's just keeps getting the runs. Okay. Hey, Megan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What kind of dog? He's a Bernadoodle. And how old? He's going to be two in January. And what food do you feed? I feed him Nutrisource, and, you know, I'll buy a bag, and then I'll rotate proteins for him. Like, I'll buy, you know, the beef or the chicken, and I have to do such a slow rotation, like a such a slow feed when I transition, even if he's had a variety before. Okay. Um, because he will get the runs every time if I switch it over too quickly. Okay, are you feeding um, it? Are you feeding it uh, the kibble whole? Or are you rehydrating it? I'm rehydrating it. So it's putting your, you know, put your soft to the touch. Yep. Okay. Giving any supplements? No supplements. Okay. Yeah, we need supplements. Doctor Jess, take her away. 
Um, well, I would start with standard process canine enteric support to help rebuild the intestinal lining. So when you, when you have dogs like this, right? Because like dogs should not be that sensitive. Right. Dogs trash are, cans. Yeah, trash dogs are carnivores, but they're a scavenger species. And so uh, if if your dog had to live, say there were no humans and your dog was out there on his own, um, you know, one day he'd have to eat a bunny and the next day he'd have to eat a dead deer and too bad. You know, you don't get to say, I can't eat this, mm-hmm. I can't eat that. And so dogs should be able to easily acclimate to new things. So if you have a dog who is super sensitive, typically that is caused by whatever your dog's magical genetic background is, and you overlay that with vaccines and processed foods. And it could also be vaccines and processed foods that his parents received that, you know, those things may have contributed to these tendencies and damaged his DNA. And so you have to kind of work your way out of this. My preference is always to feed a raw diet because for I see tons of dogs with intestinal disorders in my practice and a raw diet will solve those like nothing else. So that is one suggestion. But when you see that instability, that's where I would start with the canine enteric support. So I'll give you an example. Um, I got a puppy in uh, at the end of March, had her for a couple of weeks. I switched her to raw food immediately. I the breeder was feeding her some trash, so I just threw it out. Um, and then after a couple of weeks, she seemed to be doing well. And so I fed her literally a teaspoon of leftover scrambled eggs. And then she had diarrhea all over her kennel by the end of the day. And so so that was kind of an eye-opener. I was like, oh, your intestines are not stable. So I put her on standard process canine enteric support. And then we gave her that without changing anything else about her food. So she stayed on the raw diet with variety for another couple of weeks and then we started introducing table scraps again and she can eat anything okay um but but when you see something like that it is kind of a red alert that there's some bottom line repair that needs to go on and you may see suggestions like oh they need enzymes oh they need probiotics none of those things will be effective until you stabilize the intestinal lining and so i would just go straight for that first and nothing else will do what standard process canine enteric support will do it is a powder you can uh, it's it's only sold through healthcare providers you can email me and i'll tell you how to order it or they do sell it over the counter at the health food store in white bear lake sassafras um, yeah and then it's made for dogs, and so it tells you how much to give for the size of the dog on the bottle. And I would just follow okay. that. Now, I would plan on doing that for, because, you know, in order to really rebuild the intestinal lining, you're, the lining itself turns over fairly quickly, but you want to make sure that the improvement is more permanent. So I had my dog on that supplement for about six months. Okay, so it's not, so it's more of like a treatment than a lifestyle change like i don't have to do it forever no 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 you don't have to do it forever but but basically when you have a dog who is so super delicate that you can't change foods at the drop of a hat or if you go to a puppy training class you can't just you know give them i mean you know a good treat if you give treats that's going to get you into trouble then that is a red flag to you and that tells you that you need to build in a stable intestinal lining what about the healthy gut from animalessentials.com 
Um, you know, and the healthy gut protocol, the adored beast and all those kinds of things, those are straight herbals. And that is the advantage of standard process is that the standard process supplements are made from animal organs. Okay. And that's what dogs are designed to digest. Mm, okay. okay. So they, they work like nothing else. I find that the other ones, because sometimes people are like, you know, well, what about slippery elm? What about this? What about that? Um, herbs are great. We probably cannot give them to our dogs in adequate amounts in order to really treat a problem, but also they're not going to correct the fundamental problem. So that's a, a management tool, okay. not a corrective measure. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like a treatment. It's not a repair. And, huh? and like, you know, like this person is saying, you don't want to treat forever. That's not the point. Right. The point is to actually fix things. Right. So the bottom line yeah. is? Canine enteric support. Okay. Awesome. And, the, and to Thank just you. keep Thank feeding you. what she's feeding now or get some raw in there? I'll tell you what, if, if if you go another couple of weeks and you find that you're still having the same issue, even with the supplement on board, just go raw. It will make your life so much better and easier. Okay. There's plenty of dogs yeah. out there who cannot digest processed pet food because yeah. it is so highly processed. Yeah. So instead of saying, you know, I don't know what's wrong with my child. I fed him Cheerios. I fed him Frosted Flakes. <laughs> I fed him Wheaties and everything gives him <laughs> diarrhea. Which dry cereal can I feed him now? Or you could feed your kid real food, you know, and okay. stop messing around. Yeah. In my humble opinion. There you go. In your humble opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Does that help you get started? Start a plan. Okay. Yeah, that, that helps a lot. I mean, for the most part, you know, when treats and stuff like that, he doesn't have an issue. It's literally when I'm switching his food to a different protein, and so it's just so frustrating because yeah. he just... Yeah, yeah and, and it could but, just be, I mean, those, those uh, you know, dry pet food is very processed, yeah. very processed. And so, you know, if if you're, same thing, if your kid cannot tolerate different kinds of Pop-Tarts, you could stop feeding them Pop-Tarts and just feed them real food. Okay. 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 All right. I thank you. Thank you. This is so helpful. Okay. Well, have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Yep. There you go. So, yeah. And for people who are wondering, like, you know, how do I get started? What do I do? There are a lot of resources on the favorites page of my website, holistic-vet-care.com, that are designed to help you get started. Also, um, on the appointments page of my website. Um, I've attached a couple of my handouts, like my basic raw feeding handouts to, same thing, help people get started. Okay. It is simple to do. There you go. Okay. What's the estimated of how much, let's see, on Thanksgiving each year, what's the percentage of cranberries being eaten at Thanksgiving? What's the percentage out of 100? Okay. Hey, we're winding down. Okay, how much, what's the percentage of cranberries eaten on uh, on Thanksgiving each year? What's the percentage between, a, you know, zero to 100%? What percentage do you think the cranberries are eaten every Thanksgiving? Is this like the, per- the, cra- the percentage of when cranberries are grown? Okay, how much, with the cranberries that are grown, what percentage of those cranberries are eaten on Thanksgiving? Oh, okay, okay, I get it. Um... 30 or 40 percent okay what do you think 100 percent. what else are you gonna do with them <laughs> cranberry they're, not, they're not eating it any other time oh okay cranberry vodka juice. crayons okay 90 percent 10 percent left for the vodka industry yes exactly <laughs> okay 20 percent of the cranberries eaten each year 20 percent 20 percent of the cranberries are, is at thanksgiving that's less than i wow. would have thought but... i know what 
Really? And there's approximately 709 million pounds of cranberries produced in the United States. I love cranberries. I love cranberry juice. The top cranberry growing states are, do you have any idea? Uh, East Mi- Coast, Mi- right? Minnesota. It's Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Massachusetts, New Jersey, Oregon, and Washington. Hmm. Uh, and there's only one person that was just uh, in the news, one person, and it's a gal, 21 years old, that grows, owns the farm in, in Minnesota that sells cranberries to the major things. Only you, one cranberry farm in Minnesota. Do you hmm. know what cranberry bogs use for pest control? Say again? Cranberry bogs, they uh, have a special kind of pest control. It's things that can keep pests off the cranberries when they're in the water. Uh, spiders. Get out of here. Yeah, the bogs are covered in spiders. Oh, is that interesting? Yeah. Because they can like go on the water and oh that's uh, yeah. yeah that keeps well, the cranberry hum- cranberry keep, yeah <laughs> keeps the humans out of the cranberry box <laughs> there you go yeah, okay exactly. let's talk a little bit about respiratory now one thing about respiratory was they could they could use scary clowns <laughs> scary clowns oh, <laughs> but anyway okay first of all with the cooler weather everybody comes out with coats and jackets and booties and everything for the dogs okay now one thing people don't forget forget is that the dog already has a built in coat. And in the winter months, even if it's an indoor cat, there's a double coat. You know what I mean? There's a, the mm-hmm. under little tiny flying hairs and then the blue beauty hairs, okay? But the thing is, is that most people don't realize is that dogs can get overheated wearing those jackets and those sweaters and stuff like that, especially if they're out for a walk and it's a sunny day. You got your jacket on, but they've already got a coat. And then now you put a coat on top of that. And right. so, I mean, obviously, because like, if you have a boxer, the real super, super, like, adobe, right. you know, they could get a little bit more chill pits, whatever. Italian greyhounds, pretty much. Yeah, there you they go. They need clothes, pit yeah. bulls, boxers. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, when I see a golden retriever with a jacket on, or, a, you know, a Yorkie that's got a full coat, you know, with a jacket on, or a Bashan, or, you know what I mean, a Husky, a Shepherd, that got full coats, you could overheat the dog and cause some lung problems when it's cold outside. And so, I think, uh, to me, a good reason or thing to do is that... As you're on your walk, stick your hand between the, if you've got a sweater or a coat on the dog, between the coat and feel how warm that is. If it's exceedingly warm, that is not good. You can cause lung problems with that because of breathing, they're overheating and then they're breathing in the cold air. Correct? No? Yeah, those dogs definitely do not need coats and sweaters. And then another thing, too, is that uh, if you have dogs playing, like if you go to a dog park and somebody's got a coat on or a jacket or a sweater, dogs can't truly read the body language of another dog with the clothes on. So your dog, if yours, the dog that has the clothes on, has a high ratio or chance of getting beat up because they can't, the other dogs can't see his body language. Plus that dog coat is just like a tug toy. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's why I really pay attention. Yeah, I know they got a lot of cute stuff out there, folks, you know, between boots, hats, uh, whatever, wear for it's, them. It's the boots that always get me. So when I take my dogs on a walk in the winter, um, even if at first they start to, you know, they'll hold up one foot, then, oh, mm-hmm. then they'll hold up another foot. Yep. Uh, they will regain the feeling in their hands mm-hmm. and feet. And yep. so I just I just go along with it. For me, that that is not a reason. I see a lot of people who turn around and go home because they've decided that it's too cold for the dog's feet. They'll get used to it. 
Yep. I just keep on going. And eventually, you know, you give it a minute or two and yep. they get used to the cold and then yep. they're fine. Yep. And then also, too, though, too, the, in city dogs, though, you don't want all that salt in their feet. And they do have like those cylinders that have those little brushes in there that you could teach the dogs where you can put water in it. But you start out with no water in those cylinders and say, brushy, brushy, you know, get them used to be having those cylinders. So when you come in, instead of, wa- you know, washing their. To wash your feet to get the salt off right. their feet. You know, right. you could say, just you could just use like a decent sized Tupperware with plain water in it and just swish the dog's foot in there. That's true too. Because yep. that'll kind of loosen everything up and get the salt off. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep, there you go. And so, um, uh, then, but now respiratory. Uh, so the big thing is lungs. What other things that cause lung problems in dogs, cats? Uh, new carpet, the off gases. And then, like, new furniture. And then diffusers. If you're a diffuser, and now this time of year, everybody's wants the smell of pine and, and apple spice and stuff like that in their house. So and the pets have a hard time with that on a regular basis. Well, I wonder if Christmas trees are sprayed with anything. Like, to kill bugs or something that oh, might be on them? Don't I don't know. Do I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, but I always think of, like, Glade plugins, Febreze, um, air spray, hairspray. Uh, you know, I mean, how many people stand in front of their bathroom mirror spraying their own hair and the dog sitting next to them yep, getting true. a face full of it? That's true. Um, yeah. So all of those things are risky. You know, indoor air quality is kind of always a problem and probably a worse problem in winter. Yes. So I was seeing a lot of dogs with issues where, um, you know, everybody had pretty much just turned their heat on. And so all of a sudden, all this dust and stuff is flying through the air and all the particulate matter. Now, we humans, for one thing, we can leave the house. You know, we go to the grocery store, we go to the gas station. we, And so we're not stuck in the house all day the way that a lot of dogs and cats are, you mm-hmm. know, exposed to that yep. lousy indoor air. Yep, yep. And so that's why you got to pay attention, you know, to have, even though it smells nice to us, you know, the pine and the apple spice and stuff like that. And like I say, the, the diffusers, uh, Amy DeLong says uh, an hour to two hours on and then off, you know, for like four hours or so. Mm-hmm. And so you, and then always the, the, the pets have to have an exit that they can leave the room and go someplace else. But a dog's nose is so keen, even though if your diffuser is on the third floor and your dog goes to the basement, he's still smelling that. <laughs> so... It's like, you know, but anyway, so, so you got to pay attention to, to the, that's all causes lung problems too. And then like when, with COVID, you know, everybody was locked in and had masks on and stuff, uh, uh, you know, they, they didn't go anywhere and they were breathing the same air. And then with all the smoke, all the fires this summer that they would have a lot of that and it affected the people in weird ways and it could infect the, affect the dogs. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, things like things that improve air quality, uh, you know, you can put in air purifiers. There are negative ion emitters because allergens, things that irritate the respiratory tract, tend to be positively charged. Okay. And so they have, there are just these things called negative ion emitters that you plug them in and they pump out negative ions to counteract the positively charged Is that allergens. that like the, the uh, red salt quart blocks? Yep. Salt lamps do that. Okay. Yep. That's yep. exactly salt what salt lamps do. Okay. And then also running water as water flows, it blows off negative ions. So if you have like a tabletop fountain or something like that, it will also help purify the air. Okay. And, uh, you know, negative ions are more prevalent in the mountains and at the seashore. 
And here in Minnesota, we don't have those things. And so this is basically like a giant positive ion sinkhole. Okay. And so, that, so that's why, you know, a lot of people move to Minnesota and find that, uh, you know, allergies that they never had before. Now they have allergies or that their allergies are worse. Okay. And a lot of that is because of, you know, a lot of positively charged ions. But, I mean, there are things you can buy on Amazon or, you know, these have, have them at stores called, like the Sharper Image. Okay. You know, negative of just negative ion emitters or air purifiers can be helpful. Okay. Okay. And then, now, and then of course, houseplants, right? That's what houseplants are for. Oh, to get rid of that. To, yeah, they purify the air. Yep. Okay, that's good. <laughs> they that's emit good. oxygen. I'm probably, oxygen. Yeah, I've gotten some plants. I killed all mine years ago, and I used to be a green thumb. Yeah. And then life just got busy, and I kind of ignored the little gals, and yeah, all of a sudden it was like, yeah. we went from, you couldn't see out of my two eight-foot picture windows, because there's so many plants, to like, well, you have two eight-foot picture windows. There's not a plant in sight. <laughs> yeah. I only have one, one window that has good, good enough light for plants in uh-huh. winter, but it's full of plants. <laughs> yes, there you go. Okay, and then now there's kind of the mystery respiratory that we'll quickly t- touch on here. Yeah, so, um, so I found, uh, I was able to find three or four articles online about this mystery respiratory illness that supposedly, pe- uh, supposedly vets are seeing this in Colorado and in Oregon. Um, and the articles that I found are suspiciously similar. Like this is more like a press release versus actual information. They all quote the exact same experts who say the exact same things in each one of these articles. So my feeling is that it's, it's like, if it's like, if you're going to copy my homework and I'll say, well, Katie, just, just like put it in your own words Words. a little bit and sign your name to it. That's exactly what these articles are like. Okay. So they all convey exactly the same information with exactly the same quotes from exactly the same experts, but just like worded a little bit differently every time. And so my feeling is that this this is not actual medical information. Now, supposedly this respiratory illness, this mystery respiratory illness has been around since 2022. But for some reason, nobody mentioned it until right before Thanksgiving 2023. And what they're saying is we don't know what's causing it, but somehow we magically know that it's contagious, even though we don't know what's causing it and so therefore your dog should not go to the dog park the boarding kennel the groomer the vet the blah oh but you should go to the vet wait a minute they do rescind in one of the articles but you should go to the vet because you should get your vaccines yeah so i don't know what to make of this this is not information i didn't find anything about this in the veterinary literature certainly the board of animal health and the board of veterinary medicine have not been sending out alerts about this mystery respiratory illness okay um in one of the articles, they interview some vet in San Diego who's seen some dogs with some respiratory disease, except then she says that the dogs she saw were cases of kennel cough and they were not the mystery illness. So I don't even know why it was part of this article. Like, the whole thing seems kind of ridiculous at this point. I don't know what to make of it. Well, people, just use common sense, okay? Critical thinking. Well, you have all have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving, Ellie. And thank you, Dr. Jess. How can they get a hold of you? Thank you. Through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. All right, take care. Happy Turkey Day and know where your turkey is at all times. Take care.